welcome to Shoot the Flip, an official Paradosha podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a newlywed couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do, that we do. And this week, Scott has introduced me to quite the mindfuck of a movie. Scott, what did we watch today? Today we watched Total Recall. Made in 1990. And it feels like an 80s movie. The aesthetic was kind of 80s. Arnold was his typical Arnold self. Oh, yeah. With his one-liners and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that has stuck with me because it's it's so weird. There are parts of this that I was sitting there like, what the fuck am I watching? This is so convoluted. But then, on the other hand, I was like, I think I need to watch that again at some point. <laughs> like, I need to analyze, I need to ruminate. This movie is a make-you-think kind of movie, even though it's fucking batshit. It's nowhere near, like, Blade Runner. Uh, but this is definitely one of those movies. So this movie was directed by Paul Verhoeven, who also directed movies such as Robocop, Showgirls, Starship Troopers, and uh, it had three writers, Ronald Shusett, Dan O'Bannon, and Gary Goldman. Now, the first two writers were like, I think the main brains behind this operation. They wrote the original story for Alien, and they started writing this screenplay back in the 70s. So this has been cooking up for a while. And then Gary Goldman helped him out to get it ready for this production. And Gary Goldman was a writer on such films as Big Trouble in Little China. That's another crazy fucking movie. He also was a writer on Next, the Nicolas Cage movie. You ever seen that? No. That's horrible. <laughs> it's really bad. I The only reason I saw it is because it kind of has like a time travel-y element in it. And I'm all about that, being a Back to the Future fan. But it's not good. <laughs> so the, the story behind Total Recall was based on a Philip K. Dick short story called We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Now, Philip K. Dick, he also wrote the source material for other really big sci-fi staples, such as Blade Runner and Minority Report. Oh, yeah. So I was looking forward to watching this just because it's always like one of those sci-fi movies that you kind of like feel you have to see. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen. Also, I've never seen the remake to this. I've heard it's. I've heard it's got awful. Yes, uh, there was a remake in twenty twelve starring Colin Farrell. But I mean, yeah, I heard it was bad. <laughs> you run that risk with movies like this because this movie is written in such a way that it's almost too too crazy to. I feel like dumb it down. This movie does have a lot of similarities to, like, Blade Runner and Minority Report. Actually, from what I read, research-wise, Minority Report was originally supposed to be a sequel to Total Recall, like the movie, I think. Which is interesting, now that I think about it, but as far as Blade Runner goes, there's a question of the main character's, like, origins and yeah. what their deal is. It's, it's definitely one of those movies, yeah, where... you. You don't know what to believe. And it's crazy watching it again because it changes every time I watch this movie, like, what I believe. I think that says a lot about the story and the, the film in general. Just, like, there is that rewatchability and there is a freshness every time you watch it. I have to say that as far as the big question in this movie, I also changed my opinion multiple times. You know, like, when I watched Blade Runner, I was 100% sure of my opinion in that one. Uh, in this one, I'm not 100% sure. I'm kind of sure. I feel like we're going to talk it out, and maybe I'll I'll make a decision at the end of this. Before we get to the nitty-gritty, I want to discuss uh, one of my favorite subjects, the Oscars. Ah! So this film was nominated for three Oscars, and it won one of them in 1991. It won a Special Achievement Award for visual effects, which makes sense. Visual effects are pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, pretty gruesome looking at parts. Yeah. But pretty, pretty cool and interesting looking. It was also nominated 
for best sound. Makes sense. Lost to Dances with Wolves. <laughs> Everything was just the Dances because with Wolves. Because why not? Uh, and then it was nominated also for best sound effects editing, and that lost to The Hunt for Red October. But yeah, well, I, I, that surprised me. I was surprised that this was nominated for Oscars. At the time, this was the second most expensive film in history behind Rambo 3. But if you're captured, we'll deny any participation or even knowledge of your existence. Sounds familiar. So... So you get explosions, you get... Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of action, a lot of cool set pieces in here, so... Yeah. At this point, you had a Stallone or Arnold action movie, you put as much money into it because you knew you were making it back. So, uh, you want to get into the nitty-gritty now, darling? Yes, we can get into the nitty and the gritty. So this movie starts with Mars, and you can tell it's Mars because everything is red. <gasps> and Schwarzenegger is there with this girl, but you don't know who she is. You don't know who he is yet. They're just there in spacesuits. Schwarzenegger falls down the cliffside, breaks his suit open, and his head starts doing the eye popping of oh my god i can't breathe because there's no oxygen on mars yes science and he wakes up and we meet douglas quaid who is Arnold schwarzenegger's character and this this was right in between twins and kindergarten cop what's the matter oh, i have a headache it might be a tumor it's not a tumor it's not a tumor at all this is where this man could almost do no wrong. Right. Yes, he plays Douglas Quaid. Who wakes up next to Sharon Stone. His wife, Lori. He, he wakes up like, Ugh! and Lori starts kissing on him. And she's like, did you have the dream again about Mars? Clearly this is a dream he's had before. And Lori's like, who's this girl? And he's like, oh, what, you're jealous of her? It's not funny. <laughs> Don't dream about her every night. <laughs> I'm always Let back in the morning. Let me go. Come on, baby. You know you're the girl of my dreams. So uh, they go at it, and uh, then we cut to breakfast. Arnold's making breakfast, and he's got the news on, and there's this rebellion on Mars. And Arnold is just transfixed. And the wife, Lori, she keeps trying to like distract him from it, but he keeps going back. And he suggests them moving to Mars. And she's like, I don't want to go to Mars. It's boring, it's dusty, blah, blah, blah. There's sand everywhere. It's rough and it's coarse. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. Finally, Doug just looks at her and goes, I I'm late for work. But when he leaves, like, they hold on Lori for, like, an extra second or two and she has this look on her face. It's very suspicious. This is where you kind of start to question things. Doug goes off on his way to work. We get a cool shot of an x-ray machine as everybody has to walk through this x-ray machine. Yeah, that didn't look bad. You'd think, like, with uh, effects being what they were. I mean, we just talked about Blade the other week and how the CGI and that was like, <laughs> like a fucking hot mess. A lot of the effects are practical, but yeah. the computery effects that they use are fine. They're very, yeah. they're passable. <laughs> exactly. You didn't have to go crazy with him. Oh, I forgot to say, he when he was talking to Laura, he's like, I'm destined for greatness. Oh, yes. And again, I felt the compelling urge to sing. I want adventure in the great white somewhere. I was like, okay, sweetie, put on that blue dress and run through the fields. <laughs> so on his way to work, he gets on the train and there's this commercial for this Thing called Recall. Come to Recall Incorporated, where you can buy the memory of your ideal vacation cheaper, safer, and better than the real thing. So don't let life pass you by. Call Recall for the memory of a lifetime. And I, I thought this was a really cool concept, and there's a lot that you can do with that. And there's a lot of other things, other shows that have played with this. Actually, recently I just watched an American Dad episode where Stan puts his whole family in goo, as he calls it, and sends them on a dream vacation to Hawaii while he sits and watches March Madness. This is why I had children. So one day I wouldn't have to be around them. I think the more concerning aspect of what you just said is that you still watch American Dad. How dare you? Okay. So, he goes to his construction job, and Arnold looks fucking ripped. Oh yeah, he's looking good. 
and he's talking to his buddy Gary. He goes, Gary, have you ever heard of this thing called Recall? And Gary goes, Recall? Ah, oh, don't do that shit. They'll fuck with your head. Uh, my buddy did it, and they basically fucking lobotomized him. Doug goes, oh, well, fuck. Um, okay, I guess I won't do it. And he goes back to work, and Gary gives him a look. Another suspicious look. So Doug decides he's going to throw caution to the wind and just go anyway. Fuck the patriarchy, even though you are the patriarchy. He is indeed. And he goes into the recall. He gets checked out by the receptionist, because he clearly gets checked out by the receptionist. Well, I mean, Arnold's in this movie, so I'm sure he went to the director and was like, don't you think it would add to the realism of the scene if she checked out my partner ass? <laughs> and Beerhoven was like, sure, sure, Arnold, sure. <laughs> so he goes in, and the guy's trying to upsell him on, like, the trip. He goes, I want to go on the trip to Mars. He goes, oh, what about Saturday? And he's like, English, motherfucker, do you speak it? No. Mars. I want to go to Mars and plan the memory of me going to Mars. You know, Arnold asks about the lobotomy guy, and he's like, oh, that was ancient history. I'm like, that seems like a more relative term, sir. Let me ask you this. Uh, did the lobotomy guy happen before or after your last birthday? Let's, <laughs> let's all target that. Like, a long time could be a month or two or a year or two or ten years. What are we talking about? He's like, don't worry about it. And, and he doesn't. He doesn't ask any follow-up questions about that. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, okay, well, we also have this other package where you don't have to be you and go to Mars. Oh, yes. We can change your identity in your dream. Because, you know, you're always you when you're on vacation. That's boring. You can be someone totally different. But then that kind of defeats the purpose of having a memory that you went somewhere. Because then when you wake up, you know that that's not real because you were somebody else. It doesn't really make sense, but okay. <laughs> so... The options are, like, a billionaire playboy, a model, and he points at the secret agent. And he's like, oh, interesting. So you can, you'll be a secret agent, and it'll be all cool and action-y and shit, and there'll be a fixin'. And he goes, sounds good. Let's do it. So they, they hook Arnold into the machine, inject him with some drugs, and they start describing what... The female spy is going to look like. Oh yeah, that was like a weird scene. <laughs> There's like, do you want her voluptuous or athletic, or athletic or sleazy? Like what? I'm like, oh my god, I can't, I can't fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> and Arnold picks a brunette because his wife is blonde, but the girl in his dreams is a brunette. Ah. So now we cut to the guy selling dreams to some rich client and the doctor comes in and goes sir you, you gotta get here right away we have a problem and Arnold's freaking out you broke my cover what the fuck is going on here you can't do a simple goddamn double implant tell me here any minute they kill you all what the hell is he talking about let me go Mr. Quaid try to calm down my name is not Quaid so they knock him out again like they give him a shot or something and they knock him out again and then they're continuing to talk the doctors and they're saying like oh he's just buying into the secret agent dream thing and the doctor's like, well, we haven't injected him with that yet, so no, that's not actually possible. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, he's unconscious, and they're having this conversation. So, this is real. Like, that conversation is real. Because when you're dreaming, like, you dream, like, through your own perspective. So it's not like you would be knocked out, and then people would still be talking. Hey, it's all possible, especially messing with memories and shit like that. But basically, they're like, Stick him in the cab, get him the fuck out of here, we'll refund his money. So, he wakes up in the cab, not knowing how he got in this cab that is driven by a robot. Cause, you know, the future! He, as soon as he gets out of the cab, he meets up with Gary, who asks him how recall was. And he goes, what, what are you talking about, Gary? And Gary, in a bunch of goons, grabs Arnold, and they're gonna try and kill him, and Arnold just fucking beats <laughs> them to a pulp and kills all five of them. And Arnold's like, what the fuck just happened? We cut to Arnold going to his home where Sharon Stone is in a tennis outfit working on her tennis swing. He tells her, people are trying to kill me. And Sharon Stone's like, what are you talking about? He shows her he's covered in blood. And she says, okay, go clean yourself up. He goes, cleans himself up. She calls Michael Ironside. 
he plays Richter. Michael Ironside tends to play the villain a lot. Yeah. So immediately when you see Michael Ironside, you're like, oh, okay, that's the bad guy. He he's been the villain in uh in Top Gun, Highlander Two, which I've watched because I'm a completionist and I like Highlander, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll watch it. Uh. <laughs> And Starship Troopers as well, so he's worked with Verhoeven before. This is for you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll shoot you. You get me. She calls Ironside. Uh, Schwarzenegger comes out, and suddenly, somebody's shooting at him. Pew, 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 pew. He's telling Laurie, get out of here. Laurie, get out of here. He starts fighting with... The assailant turns on the lights. It's Lori. Lori's trying to kill him. <gasps> yes! He disarms her with a gun. Lori gets a couple of good swings on Arnold with the knife. Yeah, fun fact. Sharon Stone actually did, like, training and learned Taekwondo for this role. There's She has a good, like, a couple of fight scenes, and she, she does really well, so good for her. Uh, so finally, Arnold grabs the gun that he knocked on the floor and, like, holds her up, and she goes... Truth be told, I don't actually know who you are. I've only known you for six weeks. Put I, the... I was hired by, quote-unquote, the agency to basically babysit you. And it was the best assignment I ever had. I was like, yeah, it was. Because <laughs> you got the fuck Arnold. You glorified hooker. Good job, sweetie. <laughs> she does a whole thing where she, like, it's a famous shot where she, like, wraps her hands up. She goes, you sure you don't want to? Just for old time's sake. Look, if you don't trust me, you can tie me up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you so kinky. Maybe it's time you found out. And then he looks at the video screen to see his Michael Ironside coming up. And he goes, Clever girl. Yeah. <laughs> and he knocks her out. And he runs off. Michael Ironside comes up. And then this leads to a chase sequence. And we find out that Michael Ironside is with Sharon Stone. Oh, yes. They have a little smoochy smooch. And you're like, oh, okay, so they're just, they're a thing for some reason. Okay, sure. Now, this chase scene starts with, actually, I think this was also a decent effect with that x-ray machine they set up earlier. Arnold walks into the x-ray, but he's holding a gun now. So the x-ray goes beep, 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 and the cops are like, oh, no, he's got a gun. Yeah, the, the guards are kind of funny. They kind of just, like, scrambled like they didn't know what the fuck to do. They're like, oh, oh most unorthodox. Oh, and they eventually, like, corner him in the x-ray machine. Ironside and his goons are coming one way, the cops are coming the other, and Arnold jumps through the glass of the x-ray machine. It's a cool-looking shot. Yeah. So Arnold gets to an escalator shootout where he holds a guy who gets shot in front of him as, like, a fucking meat shield. So Arnold starts getting away... And he gets into a cab and starts driving off. There's a line here, though. When he gets away, Michael Ironside looks at his number one goon. He goes, oh, God damn it, this motherfucker. Put his hands on Lori. And the guy goes, yeah, I'm sure Lori hated every minute of it. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> sweetie. Like, hey, I'm sorry, Michael Ironside. I'm sure you're a real charmer, but like... So he gets into this random room. And there's a phone call for him. He picks up the phone and some guy who goes, Okay, here's the deal. You have a, a bug in your brain and you have to get a wet towel, wrap it around your head to muffle the signal and then I'll tell you what to do next. So he goes, gets a towel, and then it cuts and you just go back to him with the towel like perfectly positioned and like tucked in and like not moving at all. If you're a girl, you know how this is and you know this is bullshit. Because you wrap a fucking towel around your head when you get out of the shower and you know, keep your hair all dry and such and it never stays in place. You can stay perfectly still and that fucking towel will unravel within seconds. So I call bullshit, Arnold. This movie is too unbelievable for me. I'm completely out of it now. The towel. <laughs> the towel is the end of it for me. Uh, so the guy goes, oh, I'm outside. I'm leaving you this briefcase. Grab the briefcase and keep going. Arnold runs out to get it. And right before he goes to grab it, this fucking, like, old lady comes out of nowhere and tries to take it. 
She's like, it doesn't have your name on it. And he's like, I need it. It's mine. <laughs> and then he pulls it away and she's like, fuck you, asshole. And it's like, you are you were trying to steal it. What the fuck do you care? It's not actually your suitcase, you cunt. Finders anyway. keepers, Frankie. Finders keepers. Oh my god, what are we in fucking kindergarten anyway? Hey, he was kindergarten cop. Oh, it's not a tumor. <laughs> anyway, continue. So he, he gets away to this like steel mill. And he opens up this briefcase. Inside the briefcase, there's a bunch of gadgets and gizmos and IDs and Mars money. And a computer that he opens up, and it's him! <gasps> and he goes... He's Skyping himself. It's crazy. It's insane. So he tells him... I am a pre-recorded hologram. What is your question? <laughs> uh, funny you mention that, because... There is a watch that actually produces a hologram. Oh, right. There is a hologram thingy in the briefcase, which will, it's a shock of all shocks, it will come up later. Yes. <laughs> you press and a button and, like... Anytime he a, moves, the hologram moves. Yeah, a projection comes up, like, maybe, like, ten feet in front of him that, like, mirrors his movements. Now he opens his computer. It's him. And he goes, you're not you. I'm you. I'm Hauser. Yeah, that was a funny moment. Hauser, the guy in the computer, goes like, You are not you. You're me. No shit. Hauser tells him, Okay, let's start by getting the bug out of your head. Grab this claw and stick it up your nose. Wait. It really, it gets in there. And when you hear the crack, that means you got the bug. Yeah, so he, he does it. He sticks the thing up his nose, and his nose, like, gets really bulbous as he's like digging around in there and trying to pull out this bug and it's fucking huge it's like the size of a fucking like ping pong ball and that was in his nose and it's like okay you yanked that thing out of your body through your nostrils which aren't that big and you're not even bleeding a little bit <laughs> not even like a little speck of blood there sir hence it's all a dream. Movie magic. Uh, or dream magic. Who knows? I don't know. That's the running question throughout this movie is, is everything that's happening really happening in real life? Or is it happening in Quaid's head? And I gotta tell you, for the first half of this movie, I thought I knew for sure what the T was. And then I had a little doubt. And then I kind of, I, I don't know. I think I'm like... 85% sure I know the T. Okay. But we'll we'll work it out together. So he pulls out the bug, and the computer tells him, you gotta get to Mars. And when you get to Mars, go to the Hilton and use one of the fake IDs. And he's like, okay. And then he sees the guys are coming after him because they finally got the signal back. So he feeds a rat the bug. Ew. He starts running away. Now these guys come up, and they start shooting at this rat. One of the fucking, like, goons is like, there! And then they all, like, just bombard shots in one spot. And then, like, within seconds it moves to the other side. There! And then, again, yeah, it's, like, all over the place. And we're like, okay, okay, you're wasting ammo. Can you, like, think with your upstairs brain, please? And we cut to Mars. Yeah, they're in, like, the Mars airport. I don't, I'm sure it's not called an airport. Customs. Whatever. There is a line to get into Mars, and there's this guy, like, stamping people's passports, and Michael Ironside walks in, and he's like, rrr, 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 and they're like, Cohagen wants to see you. Cohagen is like the big bad who runs Mars. The leader of the agency, and he is played by Ronnie Cox, who is a pretty seasoned character actor. He's been in a, a lot of things. He played the lieutenant in Beverly Hills Cop. I was wondering if you could, like, do me a favor, sir. I think your favors are all used up. It's just that I was hoping that you could, like, call my boss back home and straighten things out for me. But that's all right. I think I'm going to stay in Beverly Hills. I like it out here. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start my own private investigation company. How's that sound? I will talk to Inspector Todd first thing tomorrow. That's what I know him from. Yeah, that's where I know him from, too. So we cut to this woman who's smiling at the customs agent, and the agent's like, how long are you going to be here? She goes, two weeks. He goes, okay, cool. 
and the she starts like bugging out. Yeah, she's like twitching, and she keeps repeating two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, and I'm like, oh no, she's having a stroke. <laughs> Ironside turns around and sees this lady like bugging out, like almost like she's short circuiting, and he just immediately assumes that it's Quaid, and I'm like. Okay, it is, so, like, whatever, but, I mean, she could just be a regular old lady having a stroke. You don't know. Like, imagine if he just tackled this poor old lady to the ground, and she just ends up having, like, a medical crisis. And meanwhile, Quaid, Arnold Schwarzenegger, is like, do 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 All these people point guns at her. The head opens up, and it's, it's Arnold, of course. Yeah, I was confused. I was like, wait, how did he get that disguise and he's like it was in the suitcase i'm like but i didn't see that like how do you know it was in there because <laughs> it was there just like when in doubt when you know arnold has things that you don't know why he has them just it's it, the suitcase everything was in the suitcase it's fucking mary poppins bag everything fits in there yes exactly so he takes the head tosses it to a guard who catches it and the head explodes causing the dome to break so yeah all these people again sucked out Finally, they hit a button to close the safety doors, and Arnold sneaks under a random safety door. So, Quaid gets away. Now, he walks past these two guys trying to sell him rides in the cab. Oh, yeah, these two cabbies, who are both annoying. Yes, they are. And walks into the Hilton Hotel. He flashes this fake ID to get in. The concierge tells him, oh... Mr. So-and-so, you have something in our safety deposit area. And it's a flyer to a strip club. Ah, ooh. And on the back of the flyer, it says, For a fun time, go see Melina. And it's in his handwriting. So he gets, goes back outside and hops to the cab with Benny. Oh, yes. Benny is so delightful and not annoying at all. Hey, man, you need a cab? Well, what's wrong with this one? <laughs> he ain't got five kids to feed. Immediately, I'm like, okay, so he doesn't have five kids, does he? And Scott's like, oh, no. I'm like, okay, he's a fucking liar. <laughs> that sounds like something someone would say to, like, get more affairs. Yeah. Right. So, And he says it, like, 15 fucking times throughout this movie, so I'm like, you sure? Because Mr. Fizzles can sense when you're being a liar. So he drives him to the strip club. And this is actually the weirdest thing to me. Then he drops him off and goes, oh, it's right down there. I'll show you. He gets out of his cab and walks Arnold to the strip club. He can't be just dropped off a fair. Why does he give a shit? Because like, he wants to go in the strip club, Scott. Oh, yeah. I would think that you would understand that being a man with a penis and all. I don't give a shit about strip clubs. <laughs> what, but what if the woman with three boobs, Scott? We'll get there. So Arnold tips him really well. There's a woman with three boobs in this movie. I just want you all to hear what I just said and really let it echo in your brain for a moment. Three boobs. So this is where we're at. So Arnold walks in, walks up to the bartender, goes, can I see Melina? Bartender goes, she's busy. Take this girl. And of course, it's the girl with three boobs, 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 boobs. (laughs) Yeah. So he goes, no, 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 I'll wait for Melina. Melina turns around, sees him, recognizes him immediately, because how could you forget Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger? She walks up to him, another guy walks up to him and goes, how's are you dirty motherfucker? How dare you show your face here? Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. He gets like really like cocky and like sassy out of nowhere and just like, oh, well... Why don't you lay off me? You'll, you'll last longer. You'll survive longer. I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> so Melina takes him upstairs to a private room. Melina is played by Rachel Picotine. Hopefully I'm saying that right. The only other thing I know her from, she's the prison guard lady in Con Air. I said, put the bunny back in the box. She's good. I liked her in this. Yeah, she's good in Con Air, too. So, she walks up into this private room with Arnold. And she gives him a good slap. Slaps him right across the face and goes, Where have you been? And Arnold looks at her and goes, I don't remember you. Yeah, and she kind of thinks that, like, he's full of shit. And, like, he's really just working for Cohagen. And 
she just kicks him out. Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to fucking see your face. So he eventually leaves. And he goes back to his hotel room. And lo and behold, he gets a knock on the door. And he's like, who the fuck are you? He goes, I'm the recall doctor. You're not really here right now. And You're... neither am I. He basically tells Quaid that he, in reality, is still strapped to a chair in the recall center, and his brain fried under the pressure of the memories and stuff, and he's just bought into this delusion. And he goes, I can help you, and I can get you back to reality. So the doctor goes and opens the door, and it's Lori. She's being very, very sweet, but also, like, suspicious, and I don't trust her. This is when I was starting to, like, question things, though. Like, up to that point... I was certain that, like, okay, everything is real. Quaid is really, like, the secret agent guy. But then, when the doctor started talking to him, I, like, started to believe maybe not. But then Lori came in, and I was like, no, no, no. I don't trust her. No. Nope. <laughs> well, the doctor goes to him and goes, here, take this pill. The red pill. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, Matrix. You should call a lawyer or something, Total Recall, because the Matrix has fucking stole your shit there. So, Arnold is about to take it, puts it in his mouth. Doctor's like, swallow it! And then he looks at the doctor, and a bead of sweat, like, drops off of his face. So that kind of is the deciding factor for Quaid, that he's like, no, this guy's full of shit. He, this is real, like... In my mind, I kind of get it because, like, if you're dreaming, you're not going to dream a bead of sweat falling off someone else's face. Like, it just seems like a weird detail. You assume that the guy is sweating because the guy is nervous. So why would he be nervous if he was actually trying to help you? Right. So Arnold picks the gun up, shoots him in the head, and spits the pill in his face. <laughs> and then Lori attacks him. Lori and a bunch of other goons come, like, flying through the wall, and they... Basically knock Arnold out. Fine. And they start dragging Arnold over to the elevator. They walk over to the elevator. They notice the elevator's going up. The elevator opens up, and it's Melina with a fucking machine gun. Oh, yeah. And Melina starts killing people. It's a real kind of badass moment. And then suddenly, Sharon Stone comes out from the side, starts a fight with Melina, and they start fighting back and forth. You know I love a badass female character. Oh, yeah. So, two... Is even better for me. But Sharon Stone gets the best of her. And she's about to stab her. And fucking Quaid pulls a gun. Shoots the knife right out of her hand. And she goes. Sweetheart. Be reasonable. After all. We're married. Consider that a divorce. And then Melina goes. That was your wife? And he's like. Eh. Yeah. She's like. Fucking bitch. <laughs> Oh, God. I forgot. To, okay. I know this is much later. But when we first meet Melina, Melina grabs Quaid's dick. Oh, yeah. There and, was a little bit of crotch grab there. That was weird. And goes, oh, look at this monster. What have you been feeding? He goes, blondes mainly. That, that was gross. <laughs> I hated that. I was like, ew. Okay. Ew. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a such a terrible line. But I just I, I brought it up here just because it's so bad. Ironside finally comes up in the elevator and sees the mass death. And he sees Lori shot in the head, dead, and he's like, now I really want to kill him. That whole thing just seems so unnecessary. Like, he had a romance with fucking Sharon Stone. It just seemed unnecessary. They start running, and his lieutenant, I'm going to call him, notices they're walking outside by the dome, so he can't shoot them because if he shoots them and misses... It could break the dome, killing everybody. They take Benny, and they're like, Benny, drive us. And we get a taxi cab shootout. Yay, Benny's back. I'm so happy. They get to Sector G, and Benny, Arnold, and Melina run into the strip club where the guy Arnold gave guff to before... Gives them an out. He, like, opens the wall, and there's, like, a secret door to go through. 
And as Arnold walks through the door, he turns to the guy and he's like, thank you, Tony, and walks away. And I'm like, yeah, you feel bad now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you gave this guy so much guff before. Then Michael Ironside walks in and goes, where are they? And the free boob girl walks up to him and goes, oh, you want to party, big boy, basically? And she turns around and he shoots her in the back. Yay! The three boobed girl is gone. Oh, we didn't like her. Oh, yeah. We didn't. She didn't do anything wrong. She existed, Scott. That's enough. <laughs> that's mean. Well, she shot her in the back. Well, that's okay. The only way it could have been better is to be shot her in all three boobs. Ding, ding, ding. That was even wow. I, I listen. <laughs> this got a lot darker than I was expecting it. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Imagine if you're that actress, and you're like, this is going to be my big break. I'm going to be in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and you're playing a topless broad with three tits. She lives forever. No, that's not how I would want to live, Scott. <laughs> oh, God. I would have liked it better if it was a fake boob. If, she, like, if there was a scene of her like going off to the side... Or, like, going into, like, a dressing room and then her, like, unhooking the third boob, like, it's <laughs> fake. That would have been great. That would have made me turn around on the three boobs, girl. But you couldn't do that, could you, Tolerate Call? You couldn't have a sense of humor in this moment, could you? Save that for Arnold's one-liners. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so, they start shooting up the strip joint. Strippers start grabbing guns. They start shooting back, killing some of Ironside's men. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> That's how futuristic guns sound, Scott. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> pew. <laughs> One more time? Pew. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Ironside runs back, gets uh, Cohagen on the line, and Cohagen goes, pull back. We'll take care of this. And he pulls back, and they shut the oxygen off. To the whole area. Because Cohagen's providing oxygen for places yeah, on Mars. Yeah, that's how he, like, maintains control of Mars. Because he controls the amount of air that's in the atmosphere. Or that's distributed to the people. So, uh, we cut to the tunnel. Where Arnold has a nice little make-out session from Alina. Oh yeah, that was sweet. I don't mind them. They're cute. They were cute. And the Rebels Alliance surrounds them. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? As they point at Benny. Benny's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he pulls off his hand. Turns out he's a mutant. Right, because that's established, too. On Mars, there's, like, a whole bunch of mutated humans. Because Cohagen built these cheap domes. And it didn't stop the rays from getting in. So it causes mutations on people. Right. So, like, it's kind of like... An assumed thing that, like, if you're a mutant, you're on the side of the rebellion because Cohagen is corrupt and evil and all that good stuff. Yes. So, yeah, they go to the headquarters, they talk, and they go, "Okay, we're gonna introduce Arnold to Kuwato, who is like the mysterious head of the rebellion. That, like, according to legend, like, no one's ever really seen him except like a very few people. The guy's like, "Okay, Arnold." gonna meet Kuato now. So the guy takes Arnold to another part of the tunnel area. It's like a private room. And yeah. he's like, oh, okay, so are you Kuato? And he's like, no, but you're gonna meet him right now. And he unbuttons his shirt and rips it open. And there's a little, little thing. Ma yeah, a little man. A little man sticking out of his gullet. So... This is an example of one of the big practical effects situations in this movie. Despite the fact that he was like a little ugly baby face thing, this puppet was puppeteered by 15 people. Damn. Yeah. And it was voiced by a man named Marshall Bell and designed by effects designer Robert Botton. And it looks pretty sick. Uh, it looks creepy. It looks like yeah. this could come right out of a horror movie. Yeah, for sure. It actually also kind of reminded me of Voldemort being in the back of Quirrell's head. Yes. Yes. It did for me, too. Did I get that right? Yes. <laughs> Kowato is a psychic. And he goes and he tells Quaid, Open your mind. I will read it. Open your mind. 
your mind. Open your mind. Yeah, because apparently Quaid has information that they that they need for the you know that they can use for yes. this rebellion. So, so he he goes into his mind and finds that Cohagen found an alien device that, if activated, will apparently release oxygen into the air, making Mars completely habitable. Like that's, it, that's some uh, that's some pretty uh, vital information there. Yes. Ending Cohagen's stranglehold on Mars. Right. So he kind of snaps out of this memory just in time to see the fucking cavalry bursting into the room. Yes, with a giant drill. And they're coming in and he goes, the agency's found us. And they're running and they're like, okay. And the agency's shooting a bunch of people. All the rebellions like dying. So Benny, Melina... Quaid and Kuato run into the area and they're like, okay, get on spacesuits. And the three of them turn and Benny's got a gun. Benny's oh, got a gun. No, 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 no. Oh. That character does not deserve <laughs> such treatment. <laughs> so Benny goes, ah, fuck it. And he shoots uh, Kuato. I immediately am like, I knew he was a bad guy. And then he says, I got four kids to feed. So what happened to number five? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, man. You got me. <laughs> I ain't even married. And I'm like, motherfucker, I knew he was a liar. <laughs> you fucker can smell a fucking liar a mile away. <laughs> so Michael Ironside comes in and he goes, we gotta bring you to see Cohagen. So the next scene is Arnold and Melina are fucking handcuffed, and in they're fucking while they're handcuffed. Yes. Oh, that's sexy. <laughs> oh. Right in front of Ironside. That seems that seems a little risque. Anyway, they're. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. Oh I God. Help myself. Uh, so. So they're in Cohagen's office. And Cohagen's like, it was all a scheme. Thank you for helping us end the rebellion, Hauser. And he goes, what are you talking about? I'm not, Hauser was a traitor to you. And he puts on the video and it's Hauser again. He goes, ah, good work, buddy, ending the rebellion. I'm glad you kept me safe. Now I want my life back. And it was all a scheme. <laughs> 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 so basically oh god this is where i was like i okay like my brain started to hurt so the plan was <laughs> yes hauser gets close to the rebellion through mm -hmm. melina right but because hauser would be at that point a triple agent the moment he got to Quado, Quado would sess him out because he's a psychic. So, so you erase his memory, making him Quaid. Mm -hmm. And when he got to Quado, Quado would now not be able to realize Hauser was a triple agent. <sighs> My head hurts. <laughs> it's a very convoluted yeah, thing. Yeah, it just seems like an overly complicated scheme. But they go through this whole big thing, and he's like, we're going to make you Hauser again, and we're going to make Melina basically your fuck toy. And she's like, not having it. She's like, I'll bust his balls. And she spits in fucking Cohagen's face, and I like her. <laughs> and he goes, see you both at the party later, I'm throwing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's going to come back later, guys. And Ironside goes... Will he remember any of this? And the guy goes, no. So Ironside punches Arnold in the face. Arnold starts, like, shaking in the chair. Breaks out of the chair. Stabs a doctor in the neck with part of the chair. Uh, and saves Melina. And he's still Quaid. Yay! We like Quaid. We don't like Hauser. Fuck that guy. Fuck him! Fuck him up against the wall! We're handcuffed on! We're crazy through all the lips! Before we move on to what is, some might say, a climax of climaxes. Some might say that. I thought we could bring about our favorite segment, The Cast Could've Been. Oh! 
Agent Man. Agent Man. <laughs> so, um... Which actually is a great song, think about it, because they've given you a number and taken away your name. Oh, yeah, it's good for this. See, I have good ideas <laughs> once in a while. So, I found some cast... Could have been six other actors okay. that were considered for the role of Quaid. Originally, apparently, the character of Quaid was meant to be like kind of a schlubby, office type guy. So that's why maybe a couple of these names seem eh. For example... Richard Dreyfus was considered for this role. Interesting. And Matthew Broderick was also considered. That's a lot of fish. Also interesting. Yeah. But other than that, we also had some more buff-tastic guys. Not as buff-tastic as Schwarzenegger, but then again, there's very few that are. We have a Mr. Jeff Bridges. Okay. He was still pretty young at this point, too. This had to be, like, around Tron-ish time. Well, yeah, this is 30 years ago. He was pretty cute, pretty pretty sly and like sarcastic and funny. Yeah, well, the dude abides. He probably he could have been. Yeah, he would have been okay. We have Tom Selleck. I mean, Most who doesn't love Tom Selleck? Magnum baby. We have Mark Harmon, who's another kind of uh, you know Mark Harmon, yeah, he, superstar. NC, NCIS. Yeah, yeah. He was one of those actors. He's very like. Uh, he's very chiseled. His face is very, like, yeah. hard angles. And he's handsome. I would have been down yeah. for that. I feel like it would have been a new side to him that maybe we haven't seen. Yeah, it definitely would have been. But that would have been interesting. And then, last but not least, we have the late, the great, Patrick Swayze. Okay, yeah. We love Patrick Swayze. I love him. Everyone loves Patrick Swayze. I mean, Swayze. yeah, who fucking doesn't? He would have been cool. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. <laughs> I was thinking more like, you know, Dirty Dancing. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Point Break, you know. Point nobody, break. No, well, I shouldn't say nobody loves Roadhouse, but most people I feel like don't like Roadhouse. Roadhouse is fun. It's fine. It's a... It's a fun movie. Eh. Anyway. <laughs> um, so who do you think would be the best out of that pool? Would probably be Jeff Bridges. I would say Jeff Bridges or Swayze. Yeah. I think Swayze's good, but I don't know. Because he's so charming. Swayze could have Swayze would have been very close to what Arnold gave us. Jeff Bridges is the best actor out of that group. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Because he's done so much. Yeah, he's done a lot. He's great. I like him a lot. But it would have been very interesting. Especially yeah, Jeff Bridges as a secret agent would have been an interesting thing. Especially we never got that. Yeah, that would have been fun. Swayze, oh God, Swayze, Point Break, Swayze. Oh, he, oh God, sexy. He was, Dirty Dancing, Swayze was sexy too, but uh, Ghost Swayze. All of Swayze's were pretty sexy. Swayze in Point Break is one of the best, like cult leader kind of things. Even though it's not a cult, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Because he's he's got the fucking charisma that you like. Yeah, I buy into this this lifestyle. Uh, but. Digress. Yeah, but I think um, I think Arnold, as far as casting goes, I think Arnold was a good choice because Arnold has this quality that, like, he is bizarre and he, he's not really objectively a good actor, but he's got so much charm that it kind of overshadows that. Oh, yeah. Completely. Oh, there was a point, because we didn't bring it up, when he's ripping the bug out of his head, uh-huh. that... They cut to Hauser on the computer. And he's just smiling. He's got this like creepy smirk on his face. Yeah, like, but it works. Like, it's just, that's just so indicative of Arnold as an actor in general. It's like, you watch him and you're like, what is he doing? That's not, you shouldn't be doing that. But then at the same time, you're like, oh, but he's so charming. Oh my God, this is fun. Like, you know, that's basically a perfect encapsulation of what Arnold is as an actor. This surprisingly works. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you can say that pretty much about any Arnold movie, I think. That even if it's bad, like, something about it works because Arnold's in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Arnold is the Terminator. But yeah, so, I think the conclusion is that, despite the fact that these other actors are 
talented and would have been interesting. Uh, I think Arnold was the best choice for the role. For for this script, yeah, Arnold was the best choice. Yeah. So, with that being said, that concludes another segment of Cast for the Bins. We're watching this movie, and so very confused. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, so now we get to the climax. Oh, climax. Of climaxes. <laughs> and Cohagen tells Ironside to go, kill him. Kill her, shoot her. Because <laughs> now he knows, like, Quaid's now taken over, and he's going to be a problem. Which, I mean, why wouldn't you just do that from the beginning? I mean, like, I get it. He was your buddy, and you, like, you had this whole scheme. But, like, it just seems like you wouldn't have had any qualms about just killing the guy anyway. So, like, you should have just did it from the beginning. But anyway. <laughs> so, Ironside's like, yeah, I get to kill this motherfucker now, finally. So, he sets up an ambush, because you know, they know where he's going. He's going to the alien device. So, they set up this ambush, and... Quaid susses it out immediately. He starts coming down this hallway, and you're like, what's going on? And this ambush comes, and they start shooting at him, and he's like, oh, God, oh, oh, oh God, and he falls to a knee. And then they stop shooting, and he stands up, and then starts laughing. <laughs> it's really funny. He's just, like, booming laughter. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, it's the hologram. And sure enough, he turns around, and the hologram kind of, like, fizzles out. And then you see him at the other end of the hallway, and he starts unloading on these fucking goons. And it's a good part. It's a good scene. It's just kind of funny. And then uh, at another point, he's walking down there, and he turns, and there's these three goons pointing guns at him. He goes, <laughs> You think this is the real Quaid? It is. That was really, I was just, that was like the funniest for me. Oh my god, I died. It was oh just god. so like well timed too. He's like, it was that was good. That was a good line. And him, so him and Melina are tossing the hologram projector back and forth because Melina gets a nice little uh, kill using the projector. And Scott brought up a good point, which is like, if all of this was a scheme from the beginning then why would they give him a hologram <laughs> to use? Like, it just seems like an unnecessary tool that could easily be used against them. But, again, movie magic. Let's move on. And <laughs> not think about it too yes. hard, because it hurts. <laughs> so, finally, it's down to Ironside, Molina, and Schwarzenegger. And Ironside and... Quaid end up on a elevator going up. Oh, this is another good one, guys. And they're having a fist fight. And this is hysterical to me because Michael Ironside, you're a great actor, but there's no way. Zero way. That you in a fist fight <laughs> will be standing toe-to-toe -to -toe oh, no. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. The poor guy. You know, his dick wasn't enough to compete with Schwarzenegger. Now his fucking strength isn't enough to compete. What is this guy supposed to do? <laughs> so they used to have a fist fight. Finally, Schwarzenegger gets, knocks him over, and he grabs him and he goes, I'm taking you with me, motherfucker! And he notices he's running out of space because the elevator's about to go into its little uh, connection area. And Schwarzenegger lifts him up just enough where his arm gets fucking cut off. and he... he grabs his arms and he's just holding... Uh, Richter's dismembered arms and without missing a beat he goes See at the party Richter and throws his <laughs> arms down it's like just this reading is so good and like it was just it was right after the hologram line so it's like just a one two punch of Arnold one liners it was great so he gets to the alien machine and he's looking at it and comes out with a gun he's like don't, don't you, you touch that he's like We'll take, you know what, you motherfucker. You don't know what it's going to do. It's going to, that could cause the whole planet to explode. So I'm just going to kill you here, and I'm going to go back for cornflakes. Oh, no, no, He's like, I'll just kill you. Go, leave. I'll, I'll kill both of you. Leave here and get home just in time for cornflakes. And I'm like, 
Okay. <laughs> You're a fucking rich leader of a planet. Trillionaire. You eat, eat cornflakes for breakfast? I mean, if I were a millionaire, I would have, like, you know, fucking French toast and eggs benedict every morning or something. I don't know. What if rich people eat? I well, don't you, know. <laughs> well, you know what, dear? It's better than eating shit for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we keep making references that have nothing to do with anything. Um, it's still fun. What I like about this exchange yeah. is that Cohagen is going back and forth with Quaid, and he's like, you know, you think you're the real Quaid? He doesn't even exist. And Arnold Schwarzenegger just goes, no, I am Quaid. And to me, I, just, I like the message of that. I like that it kind of shows that life is what you make it. Life is the choices you make. It's not yeah. your DNA. It's not your name, necessarily. Well, it's who you are yeah, because inside. Quado, Quado says earlier, because he asked Quaid, what do you want? And Quaid goes, I want my memories back. I want to be who I am. He goes, your memories don't make you who you are. Right. And that's, that's a good message, I think. It is. It's a very good message for this movie. So, yeah, they're having this back and forth. So, he's like, fuck it. I'm just gonna... And Coagan's like, I'm going to kill you. He goes to pull the gun, and suddenly he gets shot in the shoulder. Oh, no. He's like, what the fuck? And it's Melina. Melina comes and saves Schwarzenegger's ass again. Hell yeah. It turns out, though, he fucking presses a button that causes an explosion. Uh, it's about to cause an explosion. Arnold takes the bomb, throws it down a pipe. That explodes, so the alien machine is still intact, and it starts sucking them away into Mars's atmosphere. They're hanging on by a thread, all three of them. Arnold goes to press the button, but before he presses the button, he fucking kicks Cohagen down the pipe. Oh, isn't that unfortunate? And then we start seeing Cohagen's eyes start to blow it up and pop, and... Because right. he can't breathe and shit. And Arnold finally presses the button. Air starts, uh, chain reaction starts, oxygen starts blowing up the mountain and shooting out everywhere. And him and Melina fly into the pipe. And they're starting to, like, explode. Oxygen's flowing through the air, Mars. Yeah, what's interesting about this part is, like, the three of them, Cohagen, Melina, and Quaid, are all, like, like they're choking on the Mars atmosphere and their faces are blowing up, their eyes are bugging out and bleeding. And this was actually puppetry as well. Puppets were made of all three of their faces for this particular sequence. And it looks fucking crazy as fuck. So, I mean, it, it looks, you know, it yeah. looks good. I mean, there is something to be said about practical effects. I mean, all the effects that were used in this movie, most of them, I should say, are practical and these are things that now, I mean, I'm sure if we watch the remake from 2012... We're all CGI. Yeah, exactly. And that that movie bombed, and this is like a sci-fi classic. So, you do math on that one. But, what I did find interesting is that <laughs> their whole faces are contorted and blown up and practically, like, on the edge of exploding within themselves. And then when the air, like, fully kicks in, the oxygen, you know, everything's fine, and their faces are just back to normal, and they're back to being pretty faces. And I'm like, hmm, that doesn't seem right. But then Cohagen does Well, Cohagen was exposed beforehand, so he just died yeah, beforehand. Yeah. But anyway, continue, sorry. So the, the faces turn back to normal. Mars is saved. Mars is now fully oxygenated. It oh, yeah. Earth. And, yeah, and it's... Within seconds, it goes from a red, barren wasteland to, like, Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> yeah, it's just blue skies, fucking beautiful mountains. You almost expect fucking Fozzie Bear to start singing America the Beautiful. America, America, God shed his grace it's like a fucking Muppet movie. It's like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, perfect. And uh, Quaid stands up. He's next to Molina. And Molina goes, we did it. And Quaid goes, I just had a crazy thought. What if... Now? Now you're having a crazy thought after everything that just happened? Now the thoughts are getting crazy? What if this is just a dream? 
It was only just a dream. And Melina goes, well, then kiss me before you wake up. And he kisses, that was cute. And he kisses her. The light shines. The sunlight, yeah. And starts expanding and takes over the screen. And that's the end of the movie. Right. So, okay. 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 Okay, 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 okay. I, I'm going to say as of right now, I think it was all real. I think the ending, you know, it's just, you know, a little cinematic trickery. I don't think it was really him waking up or anything. But I would like to watch it again at some point to kind of reanalyze knowing everything I know now and kind of watch it again and maybe with fresh eyes, like, maybe thinking while watching it that it is all a dream and see how it works out logically in my brain. Well, I generally agree. I think most of it is real. Mm. I also think the big argument is he's being placed into a movie. Think of it like a movie. It's Scott, this isn't Last Action Hero, okay. It could very well be. Uh, but it's like they've injected Quaid into a spy movie. Mm-hmm. So all the twists, all the turns. It's like being chucked into a generic spy movie. And suddenly you're the main character. You're being given this information just because you are the main character. I think it's similar to Blade Runner in the fact that like, you can make arguments either way. I believe that Decker is a replicant. But you can make an argument that he's not. And in this, I, I would assume that you can easily easily make an argument either way. And I think that adds to the coolness of it because it makes you want to watch it again and again to kind of form your opinion and, you know, load your arsenal with, like, facts and points to, like, this is why this happened because in this scene he did this. and So I think that's a cool aspect of it. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And it definitely is interesting. You don't know how far back the dream goes, how far back his memory would be fucked with. So it all becomes very interesting. So, Scott, what do you have this rate on Letterbox? I have this movie as a four on Letterbox. I like the intrigue. I like the, it is very rewatchable. I like the puns. I like, oh, we forgot Arnold kills Benny later and says, screw you, Benny. Yeah, I have this as a three and a half. I definitely enjoyed it. There were certain things that I was like, what the fuck? But overall, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the Arnoldness of it, and I enjoyed the sci-fi elements. So I was down. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those movies that you almost have to rewatch it. Yeah, I would say so. You know, like this isn't, this isn't just like a popcorn movie where you can watch it once and then like, <laughs> like that's it. No, it's 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 kind of like Blade Runner in that way. Yeah, because you gotta watch it again and be like, wait, okay, this happened. This supports me. This is against me. This is it's very interesting. So, but yeah, so overall, it's a good movie. Give it a watch. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Fun. If you're a sci-fi person, this is definitely something that you need to watch in order to be able to properly call yourself a sci-fi nerd, even though it, it's convoluted at times and it hurts your brain. It hurts in a good way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's... But I think that's... I think it's convoluted on purpose. Right. Because if you watch some older spy movies, they are like that. They're like, oh, this is suddenly bad for... What purpose? Because it is. <laughs> but Arnold does his Arnoldness, and he makes it fun. That's that's the one thing I. No matter what Arnold Schwarzenegger's in, that's part of the reason why I can watch anything he's almost in. Is he usually makes it fun? Yeah, I think that's kind of his thing. I think that's why he's been so successful in that in the field of acting because he's just. Uh, He's very charming, despite the fact that he can't really act that well. No, he can't. That's why he will probably never get a Oscar nom. <laughs> Imagine, though. I mean, it's 2020. Anything can happen. Stallone got one. Actually, I shouldn't... Yeah, Stallone got one, so I wouldn't be shocked. Well, Stallone, apparently... I mean, I didn't see Creed, but 
he was very good in Creed. He got robbed, yeah. So. He did get robbed in Creed. That was that was the best acting performance of Sylvester Stallone's fucking life. <laughs> um. All right. So this has been a success. Next week, ah. we're back to Star Wars oh. time, and guys, we're finally gonna finish the prequel trilogy. Oh, I'm God. so excited to be done with it. <laughs> I never have to see it again if I don't want to. I probably will at some point down the line because I hate myself. Also, your husband's a giant Star Wars nerd. I know. And we, oh, God. But it's going to be over. It's, it's going to be over. So excited. So make sure you come back next week to yes. check that out because it's going to be a fucking crazy ride. Um, We've had a couple of those this week. Yeah. Oh, holy cow. This has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast, and I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick, and make sure you come back every single week to check out our episodes and listen to us talk about our crazy movie adventures. That is true. We shall see you next time. Adios.